Fran, this is like a clown car. No, a writer's coming out. I know. <laughs> oh, my God. Let's get lost in a better place. Pick up a bird. Travel through time and space. So much to learn. So much to see. A chance to escape reality. Open your mind and your heart. Gain new knowledge. Get a fresh new start. Day Network will bring you there. So let's talk about it when life and on the air. Good morning, everyone from Cloudy Westchester. This is going to be so much fun. I've got five phenomenal people that are going to brighten my day and your day with their input on. A sense of humor today. I got to find one on how to write the middle of the book. And as I was just saying beforehand, sometimes I get the middle of the book and I want to take the book and turn it upside down and maybe read it over backwards because the middle of the book is so bad that I don't even want to read the end of the book. So we've got Vincent Sandry, Charles Salisbury, Charles Lansing, John Lansing, David McKellop, and our surprise, Jim Nesbitt. Everybody's here. And here we go. Whoever wants to answer so, the first Brian, question. Am I the, am I the, am I the Cracker Jack friends? Yeah, you're there. No. <laughs> there's, there's, no, there's no hope for me, let me tell you. I'm trying to find my sense of humor this week, and it's somewhere out there. I don't know where, but we're getting there. So, in the middle of the book. When you, in the middle of the book, it's in the middle of the book. That's where it's nowhere. Yeah, that's why it's not there anymore. You got it. I got to figure out a way to get it back. <laughs> uh-huh. So when creating your plot of your book, now you're also good at this, and I'm so I'm trying. When you create the plot of the ending or the start, it's great, but how do you create that beginning of the book that doesn't make the person want to skip to the end and close the book? Vincent, I'm going to pick on you first. I knew you were going to. Um, yep. <laughs> first of all, thanks for having me, and hi, everybody. Hey. Hello. Um, I just, you know, Again, we always have this discussion, but it just, I just it goes back to the muse. It goes back to the magic. Um, sometimes I just feel like I'm a conduit, and some it just it just appears. But anyway, of course, like a really great opening sentence, a really great title, um, maybe a provocative um, quote at the beginning, and then like you just nail it with your first paragraph, you know, um, without without uh, you know uh, information overload. I guess, you know, like, you, you need to have, like, you need, you know, you need to have, like, that inciting incident right off the bat that's just going to, you know, nail readers right, you know, right away. That's it. You got, you have yeah, five I pages. I mean, I'm speaking the obvious. Right. You have fa- five pages to suck them in. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I agree. My, my goal is always to try to try to get mm-hmm. the, the reader like the first sentence is to get the reader to read the first paragraph the first paragraph is mm-hmm. to get the reader to read the first chapter and by the end of the first mm-hmm. chapter you want them in right. there for the whole book right, right. Oh, that, that, that's, that's true and sometimes I read the first paragraph and say do I have to read the second one but that doesn't happen too <laughs> often with any of your books oh seriously <laughs> um, yeah, if, if, you're starting to, if, if you're starting to bail out you know early on 
then yeah. you know, we haven't done our job. You know, it's, yeah. it's you know. And I won't give you, you a list of who hasn't done opening, it either. Well, pl- there's there's plenty out there. Uh, you just think, mm-hmm. golly, what, <laughs> this this guy this guy got a contract to pub you know from a publishing house. Yeah. So. Uh, you made mention of you know plotting and and you know that kind of thing, uh, and I'm a pantser, so it's like it's I have a kind right. of a skeletal outline of where I want the story to go, um, mm. and I'm pr- pretty constantly conscious of am I driving the story forward, and uh, uh, does it have some suspense? Or action along the way that keeps that pace lively, uh, and I pretty much you know run that question past. You know, as I'm writing along, I finish a passage. You know, does it mm. does it crackle? You know, does it have did it, did it get us where we need to be at this particular point in time, or have I meandered off down a rabbit hole? And if it bores you, it's going to bore them. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> But you know, yeah, you sometimes you, you, yeah, you, sometimes you, 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 you know, you, uh, um, you, you sit there and you look at something and you think, oh, this is crap, and then you reread it and it's like, wow, that, that's pretty good. I just need to do this, this, and this. So exactly, um, exactly. You, you know, just you know, rereading and uh, going back over what you wrote and you know, seeing seeing where, whether it fits or not or whether you need to check the whole thing. That's to me, that's a constant process. Uh, right, right. You know, uh, and sometimes I'll think, oh, this really sucks. I need to change it on the next session. And then I open it up, and it's like, this is pretty good, actually. Just send it to me. I'll tell you if it's boring. Is that a problem? Yeah, I can yeah, take care you, of that. Yeah. It, uh, well, okay, Fran. You're, uh, you're part of the uh, Nesbitt <laughs> Beta Reader Mafia now. That's true. So how many of you use a prologue to start the book also? I mean, sometimes I get, like I just read one yesterday. Oh, it's really good. Um, Jailhouse Lawyer by Nancy Allen. She was on Monday. Oh, my God, that book is fantastic. And the the first scene is outrageous. And I have Philip Margolin's new book, The Darkest Place, is out in March. And, of course, I read half of it already. Um, do you start with a prologue or a murder scene that gets the reader's you know, interest? Is it, or do you just start with the first paragraph? For me, it's different every time. Right, me too. Yeah, right. it's just different every time. It's it's whether someone was talking about the inciting incident. If there's something that grabs, that 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 forces me to sit down and start writing it, and it's interesting enough to continue, um, that kind of dictates where the book is going. I'm just, I'm a pant right. by the pants by the seat of my pants also. You know, mm-hmm. I used to use outlines, and now I get to a certain point, and the characters start informing the story, and it mm-hmm. starts rolling, and uh, you know. Yeah, I, I got the same concern about you know the uh, if you if you if your outline is too detailed, and you start following it rather than following the story, and you lose that mm-hmm. opportunity for spontaneity. I, I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And actually, fellas, how many times? Have you gotten like 50 pages into a book and you're like, you know what? This book needs a prologue. <laughs> I don't know. Mm. I've yeah, done that yeah, a bunch of times. I'm, I'm torn on prologues. I mean, I, I mean, it, it, it's 
I don't have any objection to them, you know, if if, if it serves the story. But it's almost right. like you're expected to do that now. And, and some prologues, you're, why why did you put the prologue there? That kind of wasted my time. Uh, or mm-hmm. you know, or it's it, it it does what it's supposed to do. It, it, it sets the hook and then you mm-hmm. know, allows the allows you to be a little more leisurely in the. Uh, in the following chapters, and you know, really kind of unwind and tell a story. But right. I, I, well, I, I, damn it! For me, it's just call it chapter one. You know, I mean, yeah. it's exactly. I, I, I never have used prologue, and I never will. It's just chapter one. Yeah. No, I I, I do that. I, I mean, I don't. My my cha- if I'm using a prologue, I don't sit there and say prologue. You know, I just mm-hmm. you know, start writing it oh, and I calling do. it chapter one. I agree. <laughs> I, I agree with that, but you know, that way you're you can have your cake and eat it too. You can you can uh, meet the market and just tell the story your way at the same time. So, you know, what was really hard is the book without chapters. They just started to write it and oh. just read it. The the book without chapters and no dialogue and help. So you you get that first paragraph, first chapter. You get the end. And then you get to the middle, and how do you drive that with the suspense, the fear? Well, Vince is really good at scaring me a lot. Um, point of view. How do you how do you get that? You mean with my writing or what? Well, <laughs> the writing scares. I, I read. You know, I pick up your book, but I make sure that the lights are on, that it's daylight, and that there's somebody with me, so I don't get too scared. Because I can't wait for the oh, next one. I know. That's great. You should live with me. <laughs> <laughs> So how do you get that middle? How do you decide what goes in the middle after the prologue, the beginning, and the end, and then that middle where I'm ready to say I need root canal better than this? So how do you how do you let it drag? That's hard. It just is. You you know what comes in the middle by what comes before it. It's it's, it's as simple as that. You know, and where where logically would this story proceed? And uh, and um, and then in the and then somehow miraculously, like all these twists and turns happen inside your demented brain. You know, simple as that, I think. Yeah. And sometimes you don't end up at that ending that you think you were. So, like, uh, you know, All the time, to answer yeah. your question, like, yeah, like, you, you may have a, a beginning, and sometimes I don't even get the ending until almost, like, right before it. But it's like you have a beginning, right. and you let you let your characters do what, what they do. I'm, I'm kind of a reformed pantser, I'll say. You know, I... I, I, I pants, but and I do outline, but it's very general because those characters will do things on the page that you're not expecting them to, and it, and sometimes yes, you do have to throw it out, but sometimes it really advances the story, and so then you get to this, you get to this ending. Sometimes it's where you think you were going to end up, and, mm-hmm. and sometimes honestly, it's just right. not. Um, and, yep. and, and sometimes it's a better place, and uh, it's just where the characters seem to drive it. Um, anyway, that's what I found. That's the fun of writing. Right. That excitement that's, when the characters the come mystery. alive and kind of tell you where to go. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hate the hardest, the hardest uh, I thing hate is that, that I was just reading a book, and in the, in the middle, the character was going nowhere. He was going around in circles. I knew what he well, wanted to find. Well, then that's the writer's fault. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. It's necessary. Yeah, there shouldn't theoretically. Like I had a mentor told told me one time, he's like, you know, everything, absolutely everything in the book needs to have purpose. Mm-hmm. It needs to propel either the story yeah. or develop the character. And so right. sometimes, yes, you will have chapters in there 
that maybe maybe it is action, action, action. Well, that's fine, but that's also exhausting after a little while, and sometimes you need a place for, for the reader to rest a little bit, and those are the times that maybe there maybe there's not a ton of action going on, but all of a sudden you're developing the character and, and you're developing the relationship with the character. And it depends on what you write, but, I mean, a lot of times that character development is really what pulls people through that middle going, you know, they mm-hmm. see the character developing, they see them discovering something about themselves or about others, and that's what really interests them. Yes, you do need to keep that suspense going. You need to continue to give, you know, have a goal in every chapter to give the reader just like a little reward for that chapter. Like, okay, they learn mm-hmm. a little bit more something about the character, a little bit more something about the, the plot, you know, a little bit of the mystery is revealed or, or, or there's something that's heightened. Give them a little bit of a reward as you go along. But you don't want to give them the whole cake, you know. You will just want to give them, get it to them in pieces, and that's kind of how I, I try to solve that that middle debacle, that mm-hmm. middle challenge. I, I shouldn't call it a debacle, that challenge. You yeah, have stretching that <laughs> to keep the reader interested. Uh, you know, Fran, for me, I don't even think of it as a writing uh, as a middle or a beginning or an end. To me, it's just a continual yeah. stor- story. So. Uh, as these guys all said, you're not doing your job if you're not doing it well. But I, I hate that term, pants. It makes me think of someone who goes to Times Square and drops their pants all the all the time. But, but I, I don't I don't outline oh, in the lead. I don't even know what's going to happen on the next sentence. I'm writing to find out what's going to happen. So that's why for me it's not a middle. It's there's it's just it's the continuation. It's the halfway point, I guess, be, before the end. And um, so it, it's it's not a problem for me. If if I'm not surprising myself while I'm writing, then it's not working. And right. So uh, yeah. So and and the other thing is, my books are probably on the shorter side, usually between mm-hmm. thousand and ninety thousand words. So I don't give right. myself a, a lot of time to be bored in in the middle. Um, right. And also, also I, I find that like the more novels you write the more like your brain is in tune with your writing process. Mm-hmm. Structurally, spe- structurally speaking, I know for sure there's distinct um, three acts and a finale, and it almost always comes out to 60,000 words, almost always right on the mark, almost even sometimes the same amount of chapters. And it's just, I think my body, my brain is, are just attuned to that. Mm-hmm. At this point. How do you write so many words? I mean, I had enough problems with my last book writing not even 10,000 words. I mean, how do you just keep going and know that it's the right amount of words when to stop? Uh, I don't know. It just it just happens that way, I, I guess. You know, um, there's no specific blueprint. It just, it's just how it works out. Yeah, I'm well, the opposite you know. problem. I've got uh, I've to, you know, go back and cut uh, to get below 100K. So it, it's... Uh, oh, my God. I don't, I don't, I don't know. So I don't have a problem with, uh, you know, gee, I don't have enough words in here. I mean, I've got too many. And, and, you know, but, you know, something that somebody said earlier, I mean, it's got to be in service of the story, you know, Mm -hmm. and and moving the story forward, uh, whether it's action, uh, character development, or scene setting, or whatever. You know, you got to be moving that story forward, and you got to keep the energy up. You know, and that—that's, you know, and, and if you're doing that throughout, as 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 a natural progression of your storytelling, you know, people aren't going to sit there and say, "Well, I must be in the middle of this book." 
you know, right. that's not how people read. You know, it, it's uh, you know we get we sometimes get wrapped up with you know what the what what the uh, you know what what the eggheads tell us is the story structure and the arc and all that kind of stuff. And it's just man, just sit there and let it rip and tell a good story, and the reader will you know follow along. Uh, yeah, and 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 do your due diligence. Well, I know I finished sure all of your books in less than an hour and a half, and I know that my next-door neighbor grabs them before I could even put them down. <laughs> I, 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 you used to see the hands out for the one that's sitting next to me that nobody's getting. So how does uh-huh. your villain work into this? How does the villain add, you know, because the villain's in the middle there somewhere. So how does the villain add to the suspense and make the reader maybe want the villain to win or maybe lose? Well, you know, Sometimes they want me, the villain I, to kill I, I off the really, main character. Yeah, I, I don't really write villains. I, I write people, and in many cases, yeah, the, the villain is the the one telling the story. Um, you, you know, because he, to have a character, they've got to be complex and, to me and um, relatable at the same time. They don't have to be likable for me. They but they have to be interesting, and so um, I don't really have that that problem uh, uh, of you know. Figuring those things out, they have to be as complex yeah, as the protagonist. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, the protagonist needs a, a need, needs a good opponent, and that makes it you know that makes the story come alive. Uh, exactly. You know, it's, it's, yeah, I, I hate uh, the word also because I don't think anyone gets up in the morning and says, "What evil deeds am I going to do today?" The, the, oh yeah, they, yeah <laughs> that's the point. Yeah. Who they, who they <laughs> are, you know. So, they do right, it. <laughs> so I, right, so I don't think of of a villain because they don't think of themselves as villains. They're just, you know, they're doing what they're doing for whatever reason, selfishness or greed or vengeance, whatever it is. So I don't really think that, uh, I, I think to, to think of it as someone as a villain is, is kind of stereotypical to me. Um, mm. You know, they make other things or, or heinous crimes but um, they don't. I don't like to think of them as a villain. Well, you're not. You're, you're not creating snidely whiplash, but you're. Exactly. You, 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 right. You, you know, and, and there has to be a, a naturalism to that character. Uh, you know, believability, uh, and right. uh, you know, you try to avoid caricaturing. You know, uh, uh, somebody. But I take great delight in writing. You know. Uh, Right. Good nasty characters you know, for my guy to go up against, uh, you know, because that that defines them both and, and propels the story. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, waiting for you to write I, the I next you're... one. Say again. I'm waiting for you to write the next one. I get every yeah, time you write one, I get a heart stopping end. I get hot. I have to really sit down to read the ending. I say, Oh my God, is he going to really do that? Is he going to live through that? Oh my God. <laughs> Well, I'm I'm bogged down. I just we do, I'm I'm still unfortunately having to work for a living, and uh, there's been a oh, lot yeah. of craziness uh, in work, and I've I've just got just just coming out of a you know major a major operation, a knee replacement surgery. I know. So that's kind of wow. occupied, occupied my time. Oh yeah, it's you know it's coming along. It, it feels weird to be able to walk somewhat normally after 30 that's years good. of limping with bad knees. You know, right. so, but that's, you know, I thought I was going to write all during that recovery period, and it's just like, nah, <laughs> I had to focus nah. on, I had to focus on the rehab, so. 
I hear um, you. Yeah, but mm-hmm. you know, I, I I like what I've got going in the fourth book, and you know, it's uh, you know, I'm throwing throwing my character back into the West Texas Briar Patch again, so that's always that's always oh. fun for me to write about. Well, Charles, I'm ready you to you also. Right. Again? Just to interject. Just to interject. I had I had comprehensive foot surgery about five or six years ago, and oh, I actually God. wrote a full no- I wrote a full novel during my recovery, and because I was housebound, <laughs> and it ha- and it, it it had to do with the next door neighbor and all this sort of stuff. So I just put everything and the and the, my my first person character had just had foot surgery. So. It, you know, I kind of used it. You know, this situation. Yeah, that, right. that that was my that was my expectation, but I, I found myself just for the first time in oh God, forever, just letting go of everything and then just focusing on the rehab. So yeah, no, that's uh, probably a good idea. Yeah, uh, and and now that I've done that, it's like yeah, I really needed to take a break. So yeah, um, yeah. sure. <laughs> Fran, on in, in regards to the villain too, um, it's interesting mm-hmm. that, that you brought that up because like I never in my first three books they were in a series and and I never really had a villain or we never really mm-hmm. knew who the villain was or that the mastermind was until basically the end of the third book and I never had anything from their point of view so I never wrote from their POV and then in my in my book that I have out now I did it's the first time that I actually wrote from the the antagonist point of view and it was really mm. interesting because I learned a lot about it. It did add, in my opinion, you know, to the. I think both there there are different ways of using. It. In the first three books, it added a lot of mystery um, because you never really got to see exactly who the villain was, and you're always trying to figure it out. In this book, um, it was interesting to me because um, you, you try to make the villain like uh, several folks have already said it like relatable, mm. and and several readers have said, you know, yeah. The villain was was evil, but they almost felt bad in the end when you know he kind of came to his demise. Because although he he was evil, um, long story short, was they they had connected with him, and um, and so it was, it was really interesting at, at certain points. Like it's I think, and, and again, I've only written like point of view from from with a villain, um, you know, just this once. But it's like I, I really think like you need to make them relatable because, and you need to build them just like any other character. Um, and make them interesting, and uh, and and I agree with whoever said, yeah, that you know they don't wake up going, gosh, I, um, you know, how, what evil can I do today? It's just like they they are who they are, and so you need to build that entire character around them, uh, just like you would your protagonist, um, you know, because so many times you you read a a, a character or a villain, and, and you're like, why are they doing this? Well, you don't know why because they haven't given the, the author hasn't necessarily given mm. you enough insight into their mind and into their their motivations, into their point of view of the entire world. And so I think that's kind of anyway. That's what I learned when I when I wrote this last one. Well, would you ever ever I'm reading Philip Margolin's book, and he surprised the daylights out of me. And in this third chapter, he killed off a main character. Oh, sometimes that like, works really well. Are you kidding well. me? I said, "Oh my God!" <laughs> How I was like, oh, "I knew something bad was going to happen," and I felt so bad for Robin Lockwood. I won't tell you who he killed off, and I'm going to yell at him when he comes on in March because how could you kill this person off? But it made it made sense. Oh. I I could see it. Would you ever? I mean, Vincent, you have a thousand million characters, 
And Charles, you right. I love Henry Swan. I love him. And I like the second story. I mean, would you ever kill? You're not going to kill off Jack. You can't kill off Jack. Sorry. Would nah. you ever kill off a main character or a minor character? I mean, this like. I've considered it. Tell me you know, I've considered it. I've considered it in my last. Well, I have. My next Moonlight book comes out in Jan, January, but like I considered that being the end to the series, but uh, I don't think it's going to be so. You know, like I, I just is don't know what I would do with it without without the. What's that? Which series is that Second? that I don't know about? Big Moonlight, PI. Oh, you can't kill that guy off. I'm sorry. No, no, no. That's no, no, I'm not. I, I'm not going to kill him off. But I'm just saying, I thought about it for like five minutes. No. <laughs> one thing, one, 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 I, I know, I know. We're, this isn't what the show's about. But one more thing about villains. While while That's everybody okay. was talking, I start. I started thinking about Charlie Bukowski and like he made a living off of writing about horrible, despicable people who do get up in the morning and say, what evil can I do? Like for instance, that I forget the name of it. Maybe one of you, Charlie, you probably know the name of it, but um, there's a story where a guy just looks out his window and is staring at like a teenage girl and he goes and rapes her. And uh, you know, that was a reprehensible story. Right. Um, And from the point of view of the villain, well, that's, anyway, that's just an interjection, but I couldn't help but think about that. You know, that's not a bad idea for some people that are aggravating me. That sounds like a good topic <laughs> for my next book. No, seriously. There you go. Well, you know, Fran, yeah, you know, anybody that aggravates you, just kill them off in your Kay. book. What can I say? So how do well, you decide the scene, where I, it takes place, where your book takes place? Because well, all of them Frank, are different. How do you decide where this is going to take place so that I want to read it more? Like I said, I get eye strain reading all of your books because it takes me like an hour and a half. Seriously? Mm. I wish I could read like you, Rick. For me, it's it's, to me, scene is not just uh, you know a cardboard cutout. I you know I I think uh, you should define scene as you should write a scene so it's like almost like a character unto itself. Because that really helps. Right. That's another way it helps uh, define define your characters as they move across, you know, that landscape. And and I've always I I I love West Texas as a, as a locale because, you know, I'm basically writing revenge and redemption books that are pretty violent. So no better place than, you know, where the where the earth looks like a, the bones of a dinosaur has been uh, dumped on it. So I. I, I really think you need to. I think too few authors pay enough attention to, you know, the the the, the scene they're setting uh, for mm-hmm. their books, uh, and and miss a miss a good opportunity. I totally the agree. It can actually give you, yeah, the scene can mm-hmm. actually give you so much insight into into the character. Uh, again, a mentor once told me. He said he gave me an exercise. He said, describe walking into a barn from the point of view of a farmer during harvest. And then describe walking into the same barn from the point of view of a farmer who just lost his son. And just the the way that you describe that the farmer sees the barn is completely different. And so one character will go through a scene, and and just the way that you describe it from their point of view, is it really gives or can give a ton of insight into the character. So not only can you be laying the scene, but you can also be developing your character at the same time. That's interesting. Does any of you do any of your personalities fit into the character? 
So I, I could see All when Jim's personality would fit into his or Vincent's into one of his or John into yep. Jack. I mean, if the, the, would your personality fit in? And Charles has a sense of humor, which cracks me up. Yep. Well, yeah, sure. I, think, uh, I, I, I think so. I mean, you know, uh, ma- major difference between me and my character is I've only got two ex-wives and he's got three and, I've never, I've never, I've never <laughs> told anybody. So, so that that you know, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of uh, there's there's off top to there being a lot of me in the in the my main character Ed Earl Birch. I like him. No, I really like Ed Earl Birch. So, would, are you going to ever create a novel with a different? Main character. I don't know who's like. I, I'm uh, hearing crazy noises. I'm thinking about you know maybe diving into westerns, and that that would be you know uh, a different character. Um, I've got no idea. You know, I don't really don't have a story uh, you know outlined in mind yet. I'm still living living the the fourth book. So, uh, but yeah, I mean it's. You know, I've done four, you know, four Ed Earl Birch novels, and it's probably time I try something different. Well, David, you write you write in different timelines. I mean, the book that you wrote is is definitely different. Are you going to write anything uh, different next time? I I am. It's um, but the plot. I, see, it's it's yes. I'll answer. The, I don't know the what that noise is. is. Yes, but it just. It just it just depends on the story, and uh, so the one that I'm writing now, like the one that you're referring to, yes, I, I wrote in two different timelines, but there yeah. really the, the the present was only the first chapter and the last chapter was the present. Everything else was was you know purely historical fiction, and uh, the you know the book that I'm writing now is is somewhat science fiction. It just matters what the the story is. I don't necessarily go out there and. And try to try to see. Um, it, it matters what the story starts at and where the characters take it. And um, I know that you know I too have a have a day job which allows me to do like I mean they pay me more than I'm worth. And so what it does is it allows me to write what I what I really want to write. And um, because if I depended on you know if I did this for for my real job, I'd still be you know I wouldn't be I'd be writing basically I'd continue my first series because that was you know, that was fairly successful. Um, but this this just allows me to go where the characters say I want to go versus where the publisher says hey this is what you need to write. <laughs> that's that's interesting because when you wrote in the timelines, I've read a couple of books in different timelines. I'm reading one now, too, and it keeps going back and forth, back and forth, but I can remember it. I've got the book memorized. By the time to finish the book, I could tell you page by page. But when the timelines go too too many times back and forth, back and forth, I go, like, have pity on the poor reader. And when you do it from yeah. the beginning and then it goes straight through to the end, like Lee Matthew Goldberg's book also also did, um, it, 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 it's, it's fantastic. That's much, much, much easier. So next question I have to come up with is, would you? What type of book would you like? Which, which, what type of book do you think you would like to change to? Would you change from anything from mystery thriller to murder? Would you change to just memoir, or or dialogue, or something else? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just so absolutely love um, noir and hard boiled 
mystery, and I'm a fan of it and all that sort of stuff. So I don't see myself really. I mean, maybe one day when I'm old and gray, I'll write a memoir. But uh, no, you're too young to worry um, about that. You're too <laughs> oh, young you know, to worry and, about uh, that. Yeah, but how like, do you decide uh, on wood. the plot line, Vincent? I mean, every one of your plot lines scares the daylights out of me. So what should I say? Uh, lately, my I, I just come up with an really idea. great lately. <laughs> Thank you. But um, it it just sort of happens, and like I, I I I hate to keep using that same phrase. It just sort of happens. But like um, just last night, I I kind of figured out the plot of my next full-length novel, and it just sort of appeared for me. Like, That's oh, yeah, scary. that'll be great. And, but, but, this is, but this is key for me. I don't know about the other guys, but uh, mm-hmm. when I do, when I come up with a plot, I'm like, okay, that will be fun to write. It'll just be fun to write. I don't know if it's going to be any good, but I know I'll have fun writing it, and therefore it'll be a, it'll be a fun process. And hopefully if it's a fun process, the words will be fun, everything will be fun, and the reader will have fun, and boom. How long does it take you to write a book? An hour, two hours, three hours, four hours? <laughs> Me? A day? I could write yeah. a full novel in a month. I figured it's You write it in a month? I could write I a full novel in a month. I have no problem writing yeah. a book review in wow. <laughs> No, yeah. I think my I, book I've reviews been writing, are longer than my book. I hear you. L- lately I've been doing either like a short story or even like an 80-page mm-hmm. novella in just a week. Jesus, Mary oh, God. Joseph. My God. Takes takes me six no. months to get a first draft that's you know in any semblance ready to be read. Mm-hmm. Wow, it is. Well, that's everybody's different, you know. Yeah, I'm a pulp yeah, no I'm a, I'm a pulp judge. Uh huh. Do you that's ask great. somebody to read it before, or do you ask somebody, you know, no. at home? You have somebody say, "What do you think?" Mm-hmm. Or do you like this? Or no. who cares? No, I, I don't want anybody to get in my head. Yeah. Right. I, I, I've got a couple of guys who, you know, mm-hmm. couple, both male and female, that I, I that I trust, um, that are writers, uh, and uh, you know, I, I'll run it past them. Usually, just certain passages that I've had difficulty with, and mm-hmm. you know, particularly one of those, you know, where you've been like hammering through granite, and uh, you know, you you just want to know: does this thing hang together? Is it lively? Is it does it work? And then you move on, um, and then I've got a good editor, so um, who, uh, who who likes my work, but but is really tough in terms of uh, making me toe the line. So um, we're doing one in December, or is it November? November eighteenth, and then we're talking about how do you create the dark side of the character? Um, Alan Jacobson, Jeff. Bond and a whole bunch of people are coming on. We're going to talk about how do you create that dark side of the character of your either your regular char- main character or the evil character, so that people are not quite sure whether they're evil or not. That really sinister kind of villain character. How do you create that? Because Vincent, you're really good at that. Well, I, I have no trouble with that. It's it, it's yeah. it's giving them a little bit of lighter side that I've got the difficulty with. So. Um, you know, give them some balance, and, and you know, you don't want to, you don't want to make it make a, you don't want one-sided, one-dimensional characters. You know, so yeah. right. Uh, you don't want and, cartoon cutouts. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it, it's it's you know how do you how do you do that without overdoing it? How do you give mm-hmm. the dark character light shades? You know that kind of thing. I mean, what I find is humor and dialogue for for Ed Earl, yeah. I mean, who is just about as you know dark and violent as some of the some of the guys he goes up against. And then for the for the you know the characters that are on the other side of the fence, you know you you. You kind of make them a little ambiguous with a, a little, uh, you know, maybe some nasty characteristics and maybe mm-hmm. something that uh, lightens them up a little bit, you know. But you gotta, you know, you gotta make sure you don't overdo that that lightening. Um, I find it. I, I'm amused by folks who talk, talk about character development and then they what they really mean is give your character a dog, a wife, a girlfriend, you know, that kind of thing, and and mm-hmm. that's pretty stereotypical. Uh, I, I prefer to keep them in the story and try to give them, you know, dimension and depth <clears throat> through dialogue with other characters, walking through the, you know, the, the land they're walking through, and then, you know, inter- internal dialogue to give them, you know, to flesh them out. I like your, I like your italics when, you, when, he, when he's talking to himself and talking about his PTSD. That's interesting. That's when I say, oh, my God. But before I forget, Monday, be there. Dennis Palumbo, Panic Attack. Oh, my God, was that good. That was another one of those books I read like in five. Oh, it's terrific. The 29th, the author of the ninth session. On the 30th, Rachel and Michael will be here with Trinity House and their inspirational movie, uh, music. I'll be there for you. On the 4th, what way to start October then with? D.P. Lyle and the O.C. And on the 6th, we have another panel show. And on the 7th, Dennis Palumbo and I are going to attack panic attacks as a psychotherapist. And on the 11th, Robert DeConey, um we won, won the world play chess. Well, the world play chess. That's just part of October. And I'm booked until the end of April. So if anybody has a book coming out, let me know because I'll put you in my schedule because I've got oh, some, some in February, a couple in March, and who knows what else is going to happen. I keep getting – they're finding me. I don't even know who these people are that are finding me. So I have one coming out in mid-April, so I'll get in touch with you about that. Please do because this way I'll put you in my schedule. I want to make sure everybody's in my schedule because I'm not even in my schedule. I didn't even realize it, that I have, um, yeah, three next week, four the week after. I don't even know how I did this. And I, because because of all of you, I'm not getting my cavity filled today. I appreciate that. No, seriously. It, I'm serious. Fran, you and I, I have I, the I worst teeth. Uh, yeah, I know. And and this is I'm supposed to get my cavity I'm filled and I decided – I'd much rather do a panel show than get it filled because I don't really want to deal with the dentist. He, he, he scares me. And Novocaine, I don't want needles. I forget that. So one other question. Here we go. We've got, we got about 10, 20 minutes left. Um, when, when you're writing, um, do you ever come to a point where you get writer's block where you don't know where to start? Where you just like saying, what am I going to write next? I don't know. Do you ever have that problem? I mean, I, I don't get that with a book I, review, but I, sometimes I just get it in general. Do you ever get a point where you say, oh, oh i got to start all over again, i got to take a walk, I don't know what to write? If there's ever a, a stutter stop, I just go back and, and rewrite and polish what I've done uh-huh. the night before, and it usually opens up the doors again. Right. Uh, along those lines, what, uh, it, it's been, 
along the lines, I'll um, always stop in a place where I know it's going, you know, where I know how to proceed the next day. It's an right. all-timing way thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Does the, uh, the characters that you write, Vince, or anybody else, the character that you, Vince, do you, you, you don't have, do you like the character, this, this, the um, main character, Vince, or you just create him because he just sort of belongs there? Or even no, I usually like, like, I, I, I like to I like spend him. time I like with him, for characters. sure. Yeah, I like to spend time with him, for sure. And, you know, like, like in, it, at least with my work, the good guys aren't always good, and the bad guys aren't always all that bad. So, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think I, I'm always trying to repeat that theme of, like, there's good and, and evil in all of us, which is really cliched at this point, but um, there's a lot of truth to it. But when you write yeah. the ending of the book, do you ever leave it open-ended where, you, where the reader knows? Every time you end a book, or all of you end a book, I say, well, well what's going to happen next? Is he going to continue it? And then you, you, you decide to do something else. So do you ever have a book where, you, where it's open-ended and you decide you're going to have the character continue in whatever happened before? Yes, I just did it. I just did it with... Um I had no intention of, of doing it, a second story man, but I started to think what happens, kind of what you said, Fran, what happens to this guy after this book ends? And so, um, and, mm. and wrote another book. Uh, so second story man, the next one is called Man on the Run. But I didn't plan oh, on nice. doing it. I just got curious to what happened to him. That That is really cool. Because yeah, I, I wonder sometimes, because since every time you write a book at the ending, I'm like, is he going to bring this guy back to kill more people? I hope so. <laughs> Especially the one with the, the only, the only book really I've, good. The only book I've come close to leaving it open-ended is Primary Termination, and I haven't, I haven't figured out a plot for the uh, second book yet, but it'll come. I didn't read the first one. You have to send me the first one so I can understand what the second one is about. No, you oh, read seriously. Primary Termination. You gave it an award. A while ago. I've read so many books that my, year, mind, my mind goes after a while. I don't even know anymore. <laughs> but what is the hardest part of writing the book? Is it deciding on the plot line? Is it deciding on what the character is going to do? Because, they, I mean, I've interviewed I don't know how many people, and sometimes the hardest thing is to decide with him again. Will you just sit down and write? Yeah, I just sit down and write. Yeah, you, you, you know, you, you you just, you know, you, you can do your little outlines and character you know, notes and that kind of thing, but, and have the story, you know, in your mind. And, but, you know, you got to take the plunge and just start writing and see where it goes. And, you know, exactly. uh, and that's, that's the, that's the fun part when they surprise you, uh, you know, the characters just leap off the page and take over the book. And then other times it is like chipping away at granite and you're just uh, slogging through to, you know, to, to keep the momentum going. Now, one question that's been bothering me for a while is my last book was published by Won't Say Who, an independent publisher. And I was disappointed, not with how they did it, but the fact that they did nothing to promote it. And it was a lot of money. So how do you decide who's going to promote a book if you don't want to go traditional? What do you do? Because basically, my book came out, and it's really great, but the publishing company charged a lot of money, and they did nothing to promote the book whatsoever at all. Well, I think, you know, whether you're whether you're going through traditional publishing or whether you're self-publishing, you know, you, you have to do yeah. the promoting. Um 
Yeah, you know, the, absolutely. The, the, uh, unless you're with a big five house, uh, or is a big four now? I forget. But uh, big you know, three they, now. They're just big three. You, you, they're not gonna, you know, they're not gonna put a lot behind it. I mean, they may do some yeah. if you're lucky, but uh, they're not. You know, you you got to carry the load uh, uh, yourself, and you know, do things like what we're what we're all doing right now. You know, to yep. talk about writing, talk about the book, talk about ourselves, and get your exactly. get your name out there. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, I I I did a tour with Partners in Crime, and actually Isabella Blackthorn mentioned this is your, right up your alley. They deal with horror and scary, and they're doing one with me in uh, December. And they're not charging yeah, me a whole great. amount because I review for them. Yeah, they're really great. Yeah, and they, they finally said, "Hey, the partners in crime is fantastic." And what the the fact that I got some really not nice re- reviews bothered them a lot because they said it, it wasn't the book, and they read it. They all read it, and Cheryl liked it, and Wendy thought it was really cool. But there were some authors that didn't like it. I said, "Oh well, you know what? You can't please everybody. I don't care." But Isabella Blackthorn yeah. does does they do scary. And the first time they told me they wouldn't do my book, I stopped reviewing for them. They had a fit because I'm really good. I'm their number one reviewer. This time they said no problem. Hopefully they'll do something with Population Zero. I tried. But it, it bothers me because this particular company um, did nothing. I got a royalty check for whatever and realized that Amazon takes three quarters of it, and I didn't get very much, but I got something. But that that right. they didn't do. They said if I want them to bring the book out, they would have to charge me four thousand dollars for promoting it, and I Jesus can do that myself. Christ. And that's exactly I know that. why a lot of these guys have other jobs that, in addition to writing, is that it's very hard to make a living as a writer. Yeah, yeah. But Vince, you did something on marketing. So how would what would you suggest people? like anybody does, to market a book. We have a few more minutes, and that was what basically I, I wanted to know, too. How do you market, how do you get your book out there? Everybody knows who you are. Well, when I tell I, somebody I'm interviewing you guys, yeah. they, they say, oh, really? Um, I do a lot of, um, like I started a YouTube channel uh, called The Writer's Life. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, been writing for sub, I've been writing for Substack, like free content that goes directly mm-hmm. to my subscriber base. And um, you can you can have... You kind of have like a paid subscription there, but I just choose to do everything for free, and people mm-hmm. reward me in buying my books and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm all, I'm also I'm also a big believer in being prolific. Like you know the story you know the story I'm going to bring out next week will will be sort of publicity for the stories that came before. And uh, you know um, I I totally agree. Like if you're going to publish, I'm a hybrid author. I do both. I publish traditionally and I publish. Uh, mm-hmm independently with under my own company, but I'm a big believer that like, unless, even if you're getting mid six figure advances, um, mm-hmm. it's an almost impossible to make a full living just being traditional. But, uh, if yeah. you can do, um, a high, if you can be a hybrid writer, then you can make a nice living, but it takes a lot of effort, a lot of marketing, social media, mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff, you know? Well, publishers cost a lot of money. I mean, I work with tons of tons of them. Tons of publicists. Yeah, I've, I've worked with publicists. I've worked with book tours. I've, I've done. I've run yeah. the gamut. Um, you know, hopefully, you know, there's a lot of luck involved if a book takes off or not. Yeah. You know, um, and that's the one thing. You know, that, that's the one thing you can't measure in terms of money. You know, I've done BookBub ads. I've done Amazon ads. The whole bit. Well, I know that every time you guys write something on Facebook, I write. I want it. 
and everybody, anytime, yep. it's really weird. I, po- I posted a review uh, the other day, and ten people read it, and it was only five seconds after I posted it. Like, I don't know why <laughs> everybody's, re- they're reading everything I write, and they criticize everything. I don't even care at this point. But, yeah, they read everything I write, and if it's only one of you, I get, like, a lot more people that read it all the time. So no, we appreciate that. Be- but Just Reviews is going to come out with their re- my famous awards, for, of course, outstanding novel, blah, blah, all the rest of it. But there's other things that I feel that authors need to be highlighted about. And I'm going to um, create a second type of award for different things that people do that help other people when they're writing. So it's not just going to be like um, the best mystery or whatever. There's going to be two categories. I'm not going to give what they are, but they're going to come out in um, December. And I'm very pleased nice. to say that somebody said that she would be more than happy to create the awards because a friend doesn't forget it. It's not going to happen. And it's worth paying <laughs> for them because it's worth it. Yeah, it's, it's worth it, let me tell you. But um, this, should be, this should be interesting. And we've got some interesting awesome. ones coming out. On, but um, is anything, but I want to add something before I, before I ask the last question, which is probably the hardest one that I have to ask. Okay. How long? I mean, when you decide to write a book, seriously, do you give? Do you you don't sit down and write an outline or something? What What do you think is the hardest thing for you to decide to do? Is it the plot line? Is it the setting? Is it the character? Or would you ever decide to kill off that main character and create a different one? You can't do that, John, because I would have a fit. <laughs> but. Uh, uh, John, are you coming out with something new at, at all? I mean, you said it was by your public. You were trying to find a publisher. You said. Yeah, I just just finished a new book, and uh, my agent's out with it. So everybody, keep a good thought. <laughs> it's called Embedded. Absolutely. And <laughs> so well, I that it was Ocean like a View pandemic keeps book. Me happy. I find that Ocean View Publishing for mystery writers are fantastic. I just got a whole yeah, bunch in the mail. They are. They're great. They are right, but they're great. And and what I love what? about them is that the font is large, so I don't have to get it printed out at FedEx. No, really. Uh-huh. Um, that, that's what happens if a book is too the font is too small. I don't read it so fast. But if it's somebody that I feel is wonderful, I wind up taking it to my friends at FedEx and paying a fortune to get it fix, printed out large. And they do it because they love me. Uh, mostly not. <laughs> so, no, I'm serious. So. Before I go, before we end, we have a few more minutes. Charles, are you going to come out with another Henry Swan or anything? What are you coming out with? I'm 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 finished with Swan. I didn't cut him. Uh, I didn't kill him. I love but him. I, series. Um, you know, I'll never say never. But uh, I'm now the one that I have coming out in April is called Canary in the Coal Mine, and it's a it's a new. Oh, nice. Kind of for me because it's a little bit more violent than usually I do and, and the character is oh, a, nice. um, a PI who has anger management problems and uh, mm-hmm. and has yeah. so that'll be out in mid-April and then I just finished the, um, the Man on the Run which uh, my agent and, and Vince and I share an agent as a matter of fact uh, my agent yes, is just sent out now well, Vince, you're doing an anthology, right? You do anthologies, right? Yeah, so, the, uh, the Desperate Measures is Desperate Measures actually came out today in ebook, and it'll be in paper and audio hopefully very soon. Um, Her Darkest Secret comes out in next year with suspense, and 
down and out bringing out um, Moonlight Kills in January. And then I got a bunch of short stories and novellas coming out under Fair Media, my label. So uh, almost almost something every week, to be honest. I mean, it's crazy. That's great. That's great. Vince, Vince, what I want to know, what I want to know is, while we're talking right now, uh-huh. are you working yep. on a novel while while you're talking? Yeah, he's typing. <laughs> no, you know, you know what I'm doing? You know what I'm doing? I'm, I'm, I'm actually lifting weights. I swear to God, I'm lifting weights. I'm getting my exercise in. Because this guy is the most prolific writer I have ever, uh, except for maybe uh, George Simenon. Uh, but you, you right. are amazing, Vince. I don't know how you do it. Thank you. I'm much Thank lazier you. Thank than you. that. So, so who else is coming upset, out with something? You know? David, you're coming out with what before you end? What are you coming out with that I'm going to get next? I hope. Oh, Son, Son of Blackbeard is is my next one. It's a uh, it's it's a nice. science fiction about a, um, a oh, nice. young man who discovers he's he's part of an alien race that was actually well seated here ever since humans have been here, and cool. um, that there's a war going on um, that he just. And, and the rest of us just did not even know about. And so it's 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 shaping up, you know, that whole thing we talked about, the not necessarily knowing the ending. Well, I kind of know the end, but I really feel like the character is going to take it a different direction right now. But it's shaping up to be a, a really cool coming of age. Well, everybody nice. that's coming out with a new book, you better tell who else is coming out with something new that I didn't get. Well, I'm still plowing through book four, which is uh, called The mm-hmm. the Dead Certain Doubt, and uh, I hope to get the thing finished by year's end. Well, that nice. is very good. That is very good. And we could, where can we find everybody? In the usual places? <laughs> you can yeah, find myself on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I, I, I stepped on you there. Let's repeat that. No, no, I, no, I apologize. I, I just... Yeah, you, you you go ahead. I think they heard me. Okay, so I, for me, it's uh, Amazon and uh, uh, you know uh, Barnes and Noble and uh, uh, Kobo, and uh, you just look up Jim Nesbitt, and you'll find you uh, find my books there. Yeah, it's the same with me, JohnLansing.com. And everything's there, and you can, you know, see what the hell I've been up to. Yep. Uh, yep, on vinzandry.com, and or just Google Vincent Zandry or Vince Zandry. You'll get what you, you'll get everything. Right. This is very true. And Charles, Probably where can we find you? Uh, on Facebook or I don't use Twitter a lot, but and also I have a website that a friend of mine did for me that's that's interactive. It's got videos on it and some other mm-hmm. stuff. That's, that's Charlie, yeah, Charlie, you have a great website. I love your I love your website. Well, thanks. I love his I love his, I love his I historical things too. I love your author things too. And I love Stephen King. Why doesn't he send me his books? So sad. His <laughs> lost. <laughs> so did I leave anybody out? I hope not. But I want to thank everyone. This has been fun. I needed to be cheered up. I can't tell you why, but I needed to be cheered up today. And yeah. Uh-huh. And, thank and you, friend. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited that you that you're doing this. And the next one um, is October 6th, and it's um, yeah, if I can remember, it's Dick Belsky and a whole bunch of people that are going to do. We're going right. to talk about. Um, the, the, the villains and characters and how you'd create the villains. And we're going to also do one in um, 
in, this, in November on um, reviews. How do you rate a review? How do you decide what a book gets? And that should be interesting because I may weigh in on it, I may not. But I want to thank everyone. But I'm saying this at the end of every one of my shows because this bothers me. Um, I do the reviews and I do the shows because I think it's just a way of showing people that we need to be nicer to other people and kinder. So at the end of every show, I say, say something kind. Do an act of kindness for someone, and maybe this virus will realize that it's negative and it doesn't belong here anymore, and it'll take a hike and go somewhere else. There and you go. You bet. That's, Very how, nice. that's how I feel, yeah. I know my little two-and-a-half-year-old niece's teacher has COVID, and the poor thing has to um, oh, quarantine Lord. for another five days. Yeah, thank God she's okay, well, but... So I haven't seen my family in a year and a half because of that. Jesus. So I'm just yeah, hoping that the long. virus will take a hike and die somewhere and never come back, and no one else will get it. So thank you right. so much, everybody. Have a great Thanks, day. Stay, stay safe. Stay Thanks. positive. Thank you very much, Brian. Bye, guys. Thank you. Great talking to you all. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, Brian. Bye. Thanks, Brian. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you.